Extraction is a hot word in the specialty coffee world, and rightfully so. It seems the consumer-facing side of the coffee industry has made extraction out to be the end-all be-all of whether a coffee performs or misses the mark. As if we can dissect the heck out of a bean and make it better than it was before it landed in our grinder's hopper. The perfect extraction has become the sort of phantom we chase with our PKE meters, refractometers, hoping to discover a wild but perfect balance of sour, sweet, and bitter. If only we can hit that perfect level of dissolved coffee solids. But what if it's not so complicated? What if it's actually quite simple? We have Barista and Boundary Pusher, the World Brewers Cup champion for 2012, and the leader of the well-established barista resource, Barista Hustle, on the show today to talk about extraction. His name is Matt, but his last name might as well be a myth, so let's tackle that first. Is the pronunciation of your name, is it Perger or is it Perger? We got we to gotta set this straight. Perger. Hard G. Burger with a P. Burger. <laughs> Classic. Coffee myths. Uh, I'm sure you've come across a bunch during your your lifetime. Do you love them or do you hate them? What, what are your feelings about coffee myths? And then we'll actually jump into our conversation. Yeah, I guess coffee myths are, uh, are good. And they're good because a lot of the time they inspire people to get involved in coffee. And it does make coffee seem like a little bit more mysterious and more interesting than it may be. For me, I started my coffee career trying to hunt down the answers to coffee myths. And that's what made me fall in love with coffee. So for me, that's great. Like that's that's my modus operandi in the coffee industry is how do we make better coffee? So really the myths are there to either be busted or be proven right. And and they you know help us all along the way. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it is inspiring. We uh, talked with a coffee historian about coffee myths and talked about how stories are can be quite powerful, right? And so having, you know, it's not ideal to have lies floating around, so to speak, but but to have these concepts that can really inspire a person uh, is is really part of the culture of the industry. Yeah. Now absolutely we're going to talk about two topics today. Let's go ahead and jump to the first one, extraction. So this is obviously a conversation, you know, especially in the specialty coffee sector. And Wes and I in the past have actually argued around the verbiage of, of over, under extraction. And really just it, from my angle, it's it seems to be it's overcomplicating a situation around, you know, really opinion. Um, you know, does this coffee taste too strong or is it not strong enough? And so I've always decided to say, I'm going to say more or less extraction. It just seems a little less subjective. I was curious, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any any thoughts about this over-under extraction lingo? Do I ever? So uh, this, is my, this is my wheelhouse in coffee, which is, uh, I guess, why I prompted you to um, talk about these kinds of things today. And before we start, what I normally like to do, because I, I, I've done a fair few lectures on this kind of stuff around the world, and first we need to sort out our language so that you and I can have a good old conversation about it without confusing our pants off. Right, so yeah. less, and I agree, less complicated is always better, unless it's wrong. So maybe uh, <laughs> the, least compli- the least complicated we can be without lying uh, <laughs> would be optimal. <laughs> that sounds good. So, yeah, so firstly, I think we need to make sure that when we say strength, we're talking about the amount of dissolved coffee in our 
in our beverage. So an espresso would be around 10% strength and a filter coffee would be 1.5% strength. And I really try to quarantine the word strength or limit the word strength to only be talking about concentration of coffee stuff in liquid. Okay. And if you're okay with that, I, yeah, I, would, yeah, I would like I'll to continue. To yep, cool. And then if we're talking about flavors, I love to use the word intensity. So for example, this coffee has a very intense blueberry flavor, but it is quite weak. Okay. So yeah, that- you could also say that it had a, had a strong blueberry flavor, but then that starts to like you know, get in the way of the language. So I always like to keep those words separate. Uh, in, in the same vein, you can have a weak, roasty flavor, but the brew is quite strong. So you know, it gets a bit confusing. So we'll keep strength and intensity apart. Okay. Uh, that's, the fir- that's the first thing. And then in terms of extraction, I really want to dig into this and help everyone understand that more and less extraction is something that's probably completely different to what they thought it was. And once you sort of uh, take this red pill, um, <laughs> making, co- make, making coffee and thinking about coffee and extraction just becomes so much more easy and less complicated. So we need to get a little bit complicated first so that later on we can bask in the glory of simplicity. Yeah, let's, let's dive deep into that. Uh... Do it. Yeah, let's just do it. Right. So, um, so you, you mentioned more extraction, less extraction, and over-extraction. And I want to say um, that over-extraction and more extraction are two completely separate things. You can have much, 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 much more extraction than you ever thought possible without over-extracting a coffee. So this is a little bit interesting because a lot of people say, oh, don't try to increase your extraction because then you'll ruin the coffee. Right, right. Um, and, and, and it just becomes this whole confusing thing. Wait, I wanted more extraction. Now everyone's telling me don't get more extraction. And it's confusing. And uh, what, what am I doing? I'm just going to stay where I am. The way to think about this is when we think of extraction as a percentage of our coffee. So like how much of our coffee have we taken from the dry grounds into the cup with us? Is it 15%, 20%, 25%, 30%? Uh, maximum's 30, uh, apparently, at atmospheric pressure. And what we need to figure out is how much of our coffee are we taking with us because that's a good little yardstick. We're going to be somewhere between zero and maximum. And when we use a number like a percentage, say 20%, that's going to be an average because if we zoom into all those tiny little coffee grinds, some of them are going to be more extracted than others. And it all gets added up at the end and averaged into a number. Okay. So the deeper you dig into, hang on, some grinds are more extracted than, than others, the, the more you realize that extraction is either not happening or it's at maximum. Uh, zoom into one little coffee ground and it's a millimeter in width. So uh, I don't know what that is in uh, Imperial, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're uh, fine, you know. Yeah, this is a metric <laughs> establishment. And uh, so you zoom into this little coffee grind and you blast it with hot water. And that means that the outside of this little coffee grind is getting absolutely tortured, completely extracted, full all the way up to maybe 28, 30%. And then the water starts to seep in and it begins to extract the next layer from the outside and, it, and extracts it a little bit. And then it continues to move into the middle of the grind and it starts to extract the middle of the grind. But it, there's nothing really forcing it to go backwards again. So although it may have wet the inside of the grind, the matrix of cellulose inside these coffee beans, I just love saying that, is so... <laughs> convoluted and so torturous that the, the water doesn't really have to come backwards. So what we have is a gradient from the inside to the outside of this coffee grind where the outside has been completely extracted and the inside 
is contributing almost nothing. Now, the smaller the coffee grind gets, the less gradient there is because the water can get in and get out. Mm -hmm. And the larger the coffee grind is, the larger that gradient is because the water just has no chance. Like imagine brewing with coffee beans. This is why we grind coffee, right? So that we have uh, a better surface area to to volume ratio. Mm -hmm. So once you start thinking about coffee like this, you realize, hang on, when I say that my extraction is 20%, really it's a 28 or 30% on the outside of every single grind mixed with 0% on the inside of all the big grinds and we're meeting somewhere in the middle for our average. Okay. So when you say I'm drinking a coffee that's been extracted to 20%, we attach the flavor of that 20% extraction or that 20% number to the flavor that we have. So they're connected in our mind. But really, if we increase that extraction to 21, to 22, to 23, it's not like we're modulating the flavor and changing the extraction of the outside of those grinds. All we're really doing is getting more of the, co- of the coffee grind bits that were not extracted and bring them into the party. Mm-hmm. It's all or nothing. And there's maybe a tiny little bit in between that actually is somewhere between zero and maximum extraction. So then you think, hang on, if everything's at maximum extraction, doesn't that mean that everything's over-extracted? And then you go into an ex- existential spiral and think, oh no, every coffee I've ever made is over-extracted. <laughs> yeah. But actually, <laughs> so that's where we need to add in now here we have the difference between over-extraction and a lot of extraction because every coffee you've ever drunk has a large proportion of the extracted grinds at around maybe 25 to 30% extraction. So you're drinking and enjoying that really, really high level of extraction on the outside of all of those coffee grinds. Okay. So therefore, there's nothing actually wrong with coffee grinds that have been extracted to that level. So why do we have this thing called over-extraction? And what we're beginning to uh, zoom in on at Barista Hustle where I work and we, we brew a fair bit of coffee and talk to each other a lot, shoot the breeze, is that over-extraction is when you screwed up. Okay. So uh, more extraction is good because you're already at maximum extraction. You're already extracting your coffee in a massive way. So therefore, how come sometimes my coffee tastes bad when I uh, – the, the, the question that comes is, how come when I aim to increase my extraction, the coffee tastes bad? Well, it's not because more extraction is worse. It's because maybe you ground so fine for an espresso that the water doesn't have a clean path through the grounds. Now it's really punishing one area, you know, channeling and jetting through, uh, really cooking some grinds and leaving other grinds alone. Now that's, that's not more extraction. That's, you know, that, that's an awful punishment of half of the coffee grinds maybe. So that I would class that as over-extraction. Or perhaps um, if you uh, had boiling water and you threw coffee in a blender and then uh, kept it boiling while you blended it, you're probably going to over-extract it. You know, like sure. it's, it's, it's when you sort of overstep a certain threshold of hot water flowing past some grinds way more than it should or really hot water on a roast that maybe has some flavors that you aren't going to um, enjoy when they get fully extracted, that's over-extraction. So instead of thinking of extraction as this nice, beautiful zero to 30%, and where as baristas, we're sort of like uh, on this etch-a-sketch, you know, like moving the knob and dialing it up and dialing it down and, oh, don't go to 25 because that's uh, over-extraction territory. No, really all we're doing is changing the amount of coffee we haven't extracted and trying to avoid really screwing up. Okay, so can I ask a clarifying question here? Yeah, please, it, because I'm still, I'm still working out how to communicate this in <laughs> a concise way. So I'm getting tripped up in my mind a little bit here on the 
difference between well l- let me let me back up just a little bit so mm-hmm. um when it comes to the percentage um and and you said uh you mentioned maximum being at maximum percentage of extraction uh capping at about 30 percent um mm-hmm. are you saying that most brews are either like somewhere around that 30 percent range or somewhere around that zero range is is that like there's kind of a just a leap and the in between is difficult to to manage or I'm, that's the part yeah. I'm trying to understand that's that's exactly what I'm saying so that number at the end is an average of a lot of coffee that's around 25 to 30 percent like super extracted mm-hmm. and uh, and depending on your grinder and your grind profile and how long the brew was the inside of all the grinds is at zero so your average is going to be somewhere in the middle so in the case of you know say I have a way to read extraction, um, a, re- a refractometer, what have you, and I'm I'm getting a number, mm-hmm. and I'm using that number to calculate my percentage. What what does that mean on paper? Like like maybe give us a, a good extraction versus an like a screwed up over extraction. Uh, well, I can't on paper because that screwed up over extraction is purely a sensory thing. I see. Because you okay. might have, you may you may have exactly the same numbers coming out of that refractometer, but one of them just doesn't taste right. And this is where that common argument of the refractometer doesn't tell you uh, what it tastes like. Um, that's, you know, that's where it comes from because right. you can still have the same amount of dissolved solids in your brew. You can still use the same recipe, but maybe you completely screwed up and completely channeled the espresso and punished half of the coffee. And in the end, you have the same average, but that just doesn't taste great. So what, what kinds of problems is, is this sort of thing... Uh, this misunderstanding of extraction on this level, what kind of problems is this causing in our industry? Well, for one, I, it's really inefficient. If you think of all that coffee sitting inside the grinds at zero, it's just wasted coffee. Yeah. And I, I, I did a, man, I did a video maybe three, maybe even five years ago, and I went through the maths of what would happen if every single cup of coffee increased their extraction yield by 1%. And that can be done because we know that we're wasting all that coffee on the inside. So this isn't very Mm -hmm. far-fetched. The only far-fetched part about it would be that we'd have to change our equipment. You know, there's a lot of coffee out there um, (laughs) on a lot of of bad equipment. It was some just unimaginably large number of extra cups of coffee per year that we could make with the same resources at hand. It was in the the hundreds of millions of cups of coffee. So for me, it's, it's like a, it's a combo of sustainability um, and, you know, like using the resources that we have, but also it just tastes better. Like since when is the sustainable option always the thing that tastes better? Usually you've got to make a sacrifice and everyone's sad and they don't really want to do it. But this is like, this is win-win. I can't help but think of roasting, right? You know, when you're roasting a bean and you, you don't cook the inside of it and all the problems that that causes, right? Kind of, I don't know why that's spinning in my head, but the, but oh, yeah. the idea of, of tapping into the full potential of that ground or that you know, a little particle, if, if we want to call it that, of coffee um, that's only getting extracted on the outside. This really is throwing me for a, a loop in a sense because I, I do think that the common thought is it's just kind of more basic, right? It's just like, oh, you you find the grind, say on a drip situation, you're making drip coffee. You make the grind finer, you're going to get more flavor out of that coffee. Uh, when we're When we're talking about flavor in this case, it's not making the flavor more or less complex necessarily, but rather it's just increasing um, extraction 
Am I on the right track or am I totally so off? So the, the, um, firstly, in terms of roasting, you're absolutely right. And when we don't completely develop the inside of the beans, we miss out on even more. So that's like a double heresy in my books. <laughs> um, so, but, but, but moving on to what you were saying, um, the, the way I like to describe this is when you have an uneven extraction and you're missing a lot of the good stuff in the grinds, that means that you're going to have a lot less of a uniform extraction. There's going to be a lot more parts of the coffee that are somewhere in between where you want to be, which is that sort of 25 to 30% mark on the outside and zero. So maybe there's some stuff at 15, at 18, at 12, at 10, you know, there's, there's a big melange of levels of extraction and that creates that really generic coffee flavor. You know, it's like a little bit sour, it's a little bit bitter, some bits don't taste great. It's really bland and boring. But then there's like, as you get better and improve your extraction, there's like a hint of what makes that coffee special and it emerges. And then maybe you improve your grinder and that hint has now become a voice of that coffee and where it's from. If we, if we keep pushing on that same direction, we eventually get to the absolutely most beautiful, pure version of that coffee that could possibly be uh, created. So if we extracted every single micron of those coffee grinds in the same way, we would just have this beautifully high definition version of that same coffee. So the way I like to describe this is it's like when you improve your and increase your extractions and eliminate the, um, the bad stuff, it's not that you're just increasing strength. It's not that you're just like getting more of the same because at the same time as you're increasing the good stuff in that brew, that good stuff used to be bad stuff or like average generic bland stuff. And now you've deleted the bland and added to the good. So it's like you've gone from a VHS tape to a Blu-ray, you know, DVD. It's the same story. It's the same film. But now you've got sweet high definition surround sound and a lot more pixels showing you the detail of that same thing. Okay, so... So bear with me for a second. I, my uh, friends had me watching this cake show or dessert cake show, right? And like baking cake. Yeah, like it's it's actually it's, <laughs> I think it's in London. It's like amateur bakers. I don't know. I'm totally messing this up. If there's something you learned today about your coffee podcast host, it's that he's not very good at on the spot analogies, and the cake analogy from the British cooking show didn't really land kind of fell on its face so <laughs> I, <laughs> I do like cake um I, the same analogy is used by george howell in regards to every stage of the coffee making process is a window and if you do a bad job you sort of dirty that window and then when you're tasting the coffee you have to look through all of those windows at once and what the coffee really is is at the other end and if you dirty those windows, it's really hard to see what it really is. Okay. Yeah. And, no, that's great. And yeah. It, so this is a wonderful analogy that he uses and I've adopted it wholeheartedly because as we know, that dirty film on the window can happen at any stage. And, you know, if, if we don't roast it right, if it's not processed correctly, et cetera, et cetera. But right now we're talking about that very last window, um, which is brewing the coffee. So if we have this big mucked up extraction and there's like this sourness, there's there's generic under extraction, there's all this other rubbish getting on that window and in the way of the coffee. No matter how well we did before that stage, we're never really going to see what the coffee can really be. 
So we need to clean that up. We need to make sure that we're only extracting what we want from the coffee. So whenever we have that gradient, remember that that bigger coffee grind, whenever there's that gradient between the outside and the inside, when there's going to be something in the middle, which is not ideal, that's when we start to muddy this window. I'm okay with 0% because it doesn't taste like anything. So there's no way that's going to muddy up our window. That's just decreasing our efficiency in a way. You know, like we're not even, we're not tasting it. We're not seeing it. It doesn't matter, but it's inefficient. It's everything from 0% extraction to where we want to be percent extraction for this particular coffee that's getting in the way of that coffee tasting its best. I see. Which means we either have to uh, maximize zero and not brew any coffee, and no one's going to agree to that, or we try to maximize and make everything in the coffee grinds be extracted as much as possible without tasting bad, asterisks, so that all of it is creating the flavors that we want to create, and that is going to be the cleanest window for us to stare back through towards that coffee. Okay, so practical question, you know, in this situation, if you wanted to increase extraction uh, beyond the, the, the level that you're at to, to get to that middle of that particle, right? Uh, things that you might do are things like agitation, like higher temperature water, like all the things that we're used to in extraction or what makes that even possible? Yeah, so in terms of practicality, I think that as baristas, we actually have a lot less control than we think we do. And I think most of the potential of a coffee has already been decided by the time we get it. If you're sitting there struggling to get more extraction out of the coffee and it's just not tasting great and you've tried a whole bunch of different things, that's not your fault. Like if you have even a half decent grinder and nice filtered water and the coffee tastes terrible, you're not going to be able to inch much more out of that thing. If you're finding that you can just throw hot water on a coffee and it tastes delicious, that's it. You're in a good spot. Now you can really crank that extraction up because the coffee's only giving you good stuff. In terms of this coffee doesn't taste great, what do I do? My first step, because I assume a lot of the listeners of this podcast will be home baristas as well, so they don't have like mad $3,000 grinders. I mean, some of them do. Um, But uh, a lot of people will have hand grinders. So the the best way to overcome this is to get like a tea sifter that has maybe like a a half millimeter uh, hole size. And after you grind your coffee, just like sift the grinds through it and you're going to have a lot of boulders left behind. Just regrind those and then do it again. And that means that you're breaking down those big grinds that were hiding all of that delicious coffee inside themselves away from you and you're opening it up and allowing yourself to get it. Would that jam the grinder if you're not careful which um, which grinds you throw back in, or is, it, is there any care that you need to take in, in doing that? Because these are boulders, like they're not the smallest grinds. I think that the trouble with regrinding is when you grind at a fine grind, and then throw all of that back into the grinder, and then just the amount of friction the grinder can't cope with. But I think boulders, like the, the if you only throw in the biggest grinds, you should be okay. Okay, I just just want to make sure I don't want anybody yeah. going and throwing their entire. Uh, grind back in the grinder and jam it. No, the heck don't out of there. don't throw don't throw the whole thing. Just <laughs> sift it and then um, and then chuck it back in. Okay, yeah. so this is just a way pre-brew, right? That you can increase the potential of your coffee, uh, increase the potential of extraction. Yeah. Um, so as far as actually brewing the coffee, what are some ways that we can tap into that uh, un untouched center of the particles in our in our coffee grinds? Right. 
So there's a bit of a, a compromise when you're doing drip coffee, as we know. You can grind finer and finer, but then at a certain point, the water's just not going to flow through the coffee and you get no extraction. So when you're relying on gravity or even in espresso's case, when you're relying on flow rate through grinds to give you your extraction, there's that fine balance where in an ideal world, we'd be grinding ultra, ultra fine, but we can't. So we have to grind somewhere in between. So flow and drip methods are, are sort of constrained from grinding too fine, but if you're doing something like an aeropress or a plunger, French press, cupping bowl, even just a mug with coffee grinds in it and you let them settle down, grind finer than you were. Grind way finer than you were before. Finer. Got it. Just because we're not restricted by flow in those brew methods. So we can do whatever the heck we want. Right. We can just we can just crank it all the way down. I mean, there's eventually there's a mouthfeel and sediment um, you know, consideration, but I reckon your coffee is going to get more delicious before it gets less delicious. Challenge accepted. I, I think this is going to be a fun experiment for everybody listening uh, and for myself. So I'll test it on my wife. Yeah. That'll be my plan. <laughs> <laughs> Not on yourself. Yeah, no, that's no. right. Maybe my dog, maybe my dog. So yeah. Matt, what kind, of, what kind of testing have you done in this area, you know, leading to discovering this in the first place, but also what is your ongoing testing that you're doing uh, with this thought? about uh, extraction yeah. and what have you. So so there's one experiment that really just consolidates what I've been saying so far, and anyone can do it. So you get, you know, the Kruve sifter, uh, mm-hmm. little sift, sifty jobby. So um, Merrick from Kruve sent us a sifter, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this thing? Hmm. Um, all right, let's, let's run a little experiment to um, see if our hypothesis is correct. So we, we sifted some coffee grinds, into three different sizes, less than 250 microns, which is one quarter of a millimeter, between 250 and 500 microns, which is a quarter to half a millimeter, and then 500 microns and above. Okay. So this is the width, the width of the holes in the sieve. So we had three different piles. And then what we did was we measured out a very precise amount of each of those piles into plastic cupping bowls. So like maybe they were like five gram samples and we did a lot of them. And then what we would do is we would boil a precise amount of water in a kettle. So we could just dump it into the bowl. You know, we don't want the bowl to be on a scale and then we're like slowly pouring it in because mm-hmm. what we wanted to do was we wanted to dump the water in, give it a really big stir. In one bowl, we would take a sample at 10 seconds. And then, so we took a sample at 15 seconds and then in the next bowl, we'd take a sample at 30 seconds and then 45 seconds. And then we'd draw it all the way out, 240 seconds and then 600 seconds. Each of those samples were a different bowl. And we did that a few times at each of the three different sizes. And holy moly, is this drastic. Hmm. You know, when you think of coffee extraction, you think, oh, yeah, a fair bit of it happens in the first few seconds. And then extraction slows down and the coffee's sitting in there with the water and, you know, our extraction's slowly increasing. No. For the two smallest grind widths, so our 0 to 250 and 250 to 500, we had 23% extraction in 10 seconds. Okay, wow. So bang, maximum. Because there's no internal void, there's no internal volume of those coffee grinds, the water can essentially get at everything straight away. Mm -hmm. So straight away, we've mixed the hot water with the coffee and blammo, we're at full extraction. Now, with those two sizes, if you push all the way out to 10 minutes, 600 seconds, we only gained 
from 15 seconds until 10 minutes, we only gained 1% or 2% extraction. That's pretty incredible. Now, you're thinking, what about the 500 and above microns? Well, in 15 seconds, they had 13% extraction, and by 10 minutes, they had 17. Hmm. So it's sitting way below, and all of that internal volume is doing nada. Got you. All, all you the know, center it, of those particles is what you mean there? It's, it's just sitting there. Maybe it's moist now, you know, but it's not contributing. It's not doing anything. These data points, they give us, they give us a little bit to work with now. So what we did was we did a little bit of maths, uh, a little bit of geometry, and tried to figure out from this data how deep is the water going because they're all different. They're all behaving differently, but they're all trending the same way. A little bit of math, a little bit of magic. And it turns out that for this particular coffee, which was from Onyx Coffee Roasters in, as we like to say, Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, uh, it was a Guatemalan, you know, you could do this with any coffee. The water was going in 100 microns deep. Okay. And this was, this was based on math? Yeah. So what we figured out, okay, the potential for extraction is like 25% at the end for the outside of the smallest grinds. Um, How much are we missing down at 17% for the biggest grinds? And it turns out that that much difference equates to uh, 100 microns deep around like a a shell around the coffee grind is being extracted and the rest is at zero. And that works at all three sizes, um, that, that kind of math. So that's great. So now we know that the outside, even though there's big grinds, the extraction is at inverted commas 17%. What we're sort of figuring out is that Yes, it's at 17% average. The outside is probably at 25 and the inside is probably at zero. And if the water's going in, if it's burrowing in 100 microns deep and then coming back out again, that means, yeah, we're at 17%. This was a really informative experiment for us. And we need to do more because I'm sure that darker roasts will be more porous because they've expanded more and every coffee is going to be different. You know, here's my mm-hmm. disclaimer, blah, 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 sure. every coffee is different. But, but at least for this one, it was, um, it was fairly black and white that the water just doesn't travel that deep. Is there an impact on aroma in this situation? Consider it's fresh coffee and we're increasing extraction. Does that have a direct impact on aroma or are those detached? Yeah, more. More aroma. The more, yeah, the more coffee we're, we're sticking hot water onto, uh, the more delightful aromatics are going to be released. You know, if those aromas are inside the middle of a big coffee grind and we don't get them, we're not going to smell them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't Simple think I got that. Can we, <laughs> can we go back? No, I'm just kidding. And I, I think, I think we've definitely, uh, you've definitely made the point that more extraction is always better unless you've screwed it up. And I, again, I, we have another uh, myth to tackle here, so I, I don't want to, spend too much more time on this. I think where I'm getting tripped up the most is the screw up part. Like what constitutes a screw up? Like you can clearly tell when you have screwed up, Mm. but what is the, what are the variables behind that screw up? Uh, Honestly, 80% of the time in specialty coffee, it's the roasting. Uh, And and either the roasting was too light and uh, the inside of the bean is underdeveloped because they were aiming to roast the coffee uh, gently and they, they didn't cook the inside and then you're just going to be constantly struggling to get anything out of the coffee. And when you're constantly struggling, you're going to be grinding finer, brewing hotter, brewing longer, and really treating that coffee more rough, which means that the um, half of the coffee that was roasted well is getting punished, and the half that's been under-roasted is still not really delivering anything. So you're going to get really bad results 
when you try to get more extraction out of an unevenly roasted coffee. Um, and, and that is truly uh, pandemic, that kind of roasting in specialty. So, um, you know, you don't need to beat your head against a wall. If, a, if, the, if you can't grind fine enough to make the espresso uh, flow at the right speed or, you know, your coffee is just constantly tasting grassy and green and you don't know how to get more sweetness out of it, it's not your fault. Man, them fighting words right there. Yeah, the- like it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. And it's tough. Like even when you're focusing on roasting a coffee evenly, it's still tough. This is making me think of the uh, to whom it may concern from Sprudge, this anonymous character who's been. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so what do you think? Have we been thinking about extraction all wrong? Should extraction be more about getting just more out of the coffee? I want to know your thoughts, and you can share them with us on our website at thecoffeepodcast.org or on our social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Let's keep this conversation going. Remember, you can sign up for our newsletter and always get those discount links into your inbox as they come. You can find out more about Matt and his projects at baristahustle.com, where you can learn from free articles, find cool coffee tools, and experience a really unique coffee subscription service called Superlatives. On a side note, the people over at Kroof Inc. told us they would love to share a 15% off discount on all sifters and sieves for our listeners with the code The Coffee Podcast until the end of February 2019. So jump on that one. You can check them out at KroofInc.com, link in the description. Oh, and full disclosure here, this is not a paid ad, but rather it's just cool discounted coffee gear for you. So as we come to an end here, I want to thank you for tuning in. And as always, and until next time, happy brewing.